Welcome to Advocates for Truth. Uh, I, I have with me today Mariah Gondero and Christina Hoiser and Netta Higuera. Netta's been with us the longest uh, here at Advocates for Faith and Freedom. Today we want to talk about the churches and why we continue our litigation in the church cases while uh, there's been you know, other cases that have settled out and big money paid by the state of California. Uh, and so, uh, you know, first thing that uh, I get frustrated at is that, you know, the state of California wants to, they don't want information to be disclosed. Mm -hmm. So we've been through two days of strategy meetings and meeting with experts on discovery. Um, and so, first of all, Netta was with us from the get-go when we filed our our first lawsuit. Uh, Netta had a little time away. Uh, she's had a baby and has come back. But uh, Netta, let's go back to the very beginning. We, I can remember you being so frustrated and saying, this just isn't right. You know, a, a week or two into the lockdowns when they said churches cannot be, uh, cannot meet. Right. Yeah. I remember even losing sleep about it. And that was when there was a lot of uncertainty. So we were trying to give grace to public health officials and, um, you know, just the community in general for being afraid. But at the same time, I sensed the, the shutting down of churches in the United States of America. I mean, that really, I would think about that laying down, like, am I in the Middle East? It was almost like a PTSD, like just an anxiety I had, like, where am I and how is this happening right now? Um, but that's, you know, we talked about it. We wanted to wait because we wanted to give the benefit of the doubt to, you know, the 14 days to slow the spread. And we were trying to walk that fine line, but we quickly realized um, that, no, this, this is not going away. Um, the state officials are going to be abusing their power and churches are suffering. This was around Easter too. I remember Easter was the, they, especially in Riverside County, they didn't even want us to have drive-in services. And there was, we wanted the reasoning. Why can't we even be parked in our cars and even spaced out six feet apart? Even when the windows rolled. Right. <laughs> and they're just to understand the rationale. What are you basing this on? What is it about churches that is so dangerous and harmful when at the same time I would go to Target and I would go, you know, to all these different places that were open, but yet churches were just so dangerous, super spreaders. And uh, I mean, we, we knew we had to do something and that's why we're still in the fight is to uncover what they were thinking. So you're with us when we launched the Declaration of Essentiality with Pastor Jack Hibbs and Pastor Jim Doman and, and other pastors around the state of California. And we had close to 3,000 uh, pastors who all signed a declaration saying, we're opening. And you were, you were in on that. And then we had pastors that opened and we had uh, Pastor Rob McCoy at Ca uh, Calvary, uh, at Godspeak Calvary Chapel. And and then we had Pastor Mike McClure, both of them uh, being sued by the counties that they were in uh, for holding church services. And they uh, contempt hearings uh, were brought against them. And then you ended up going away on, uh, on pregnancy leave about that time. And uh, you were involved in some of the litigation. And then Mariah, you came in about that point in time, as I recall, right? Yeah, about October. So we were, Mariah, 
uh, jumped into, uh, at that point in time, we had already been through the uh, the hearings with Pastor Rob McCord, where he was held in contempt of court, mm -hmm. in spite of the fact that we were able to show that the same code enforcement officers that were, were there at the county uh, seeking to hold the church responsible for violating the health orders themselves were violating the health yep. orders by sitting in the cars, et cetera, et cetera. That was, I mean, it was such a comical trial that we, that we held. And then we enter into a three week phase of trial in uh, Santa Clara County yep. up in San Jose with Rob McCoy. And um, uh, Mariah was here with us on that. So uh, what did you think? You came to us, you were not previously engaged in, you're engaged in civil rights litigation, but not religious liberty litigation. What are your thoughts there? I think it was just really exciting. I'm someone who's very passionate about religious liberty. And I think the entire COVID-19 shutdowns just angered me. So I was excited to get into the fight. I think that's why I, I joined Advocates for Faith and Freedom, because you guys were in the thick of it and on the forefront and, and also taking on cases that were risky. I mean, we have clients that you know, were emboldened and not willing to back down. There was a, you know, a lot of people who were scared. Facing the possibility of jail time. And yeah, facing the possibility of jail time. Exactly. Both Rob McCoy and, and Mike McClure. And Mike McClure facing hundreds of thousands, now millions in, in fines. And that didn't deter him because he knew that what was going on was not right. He had a religious conviction that he needed to stay open for his congregation. And I think it's just so exciting and just such an honor to represent clients like that. It, so so what's, the, what's the fine amount at this point in time today for uh, Pastor Mike McClure at Calvary Chapel San Jose? 3.5 million, which is interesting because, well, I mean, it's, it's absolutely outrageous, but they stopped noticing the church and Pastor Mike McClure of what the fine for every week, they would give us a notice, but they stopped, I think at around, I don't know, two, it's been mi a while. two million, they, they just stopped. They're like, oh, we, we don't want to disclose anymore what we're finding this church. Yeah, and so we had a fantastic trial where honestly, Mike, uh, he shared the gospel. He, he testified why he was, he was opening in spite of the court orders mm -hmm. that, you know, people are, People have died of suicide. Who mm -hmm. there was one pastor who who is at the church who said that uh, there was a cup there was there was a, a female who wanted to come to their church service, mm -hmm. and at the time this this church that's sub subletting from uh, Calvary Chapel San Jose was uh, meeting at a drive-in theater and then a hotel and they got shut down. Pastor Micaiah Ermler, one of the one of our other pastor clients we represent. And he told us, he says, you know, this gal wanted to come to church and uh, and her friend was going to bring her to our church service for the first time. Mm -hmm. And then they couldn't meet because the county shut them down. And then that, that following week, the gal committed suicide. Mm -hmm. So we hear about things like this and and we hear these stories over and over, especially up in Northern California in, mm -hmm. in San Jose, where where these pastors are are ministering. So really important reasons why they continued to, to open their doors and meet and be a shining light in the community. So that leads us to, you know, we're in these battles, we're fighting. Mariah, uh, Netta, you guys were 
and, and myself, I mean, we were working night and day, um, day and night, day and night, night and day, whatever you want to say. But it was just constant, constant, constant. And man, um, and, and we were fighting to, to get the right for the churches to open up. And we were so busy battling that part of it that we hadn't really been able to get in the discovery battle yet to go uncover the rationale behind these shutdowns or the lack of rationale. Mm -hmm. Christina comes on board as our chief litigation counsel to come in and help oversee litigation. And, and uh, she's got lots of experience in civil rights litigation based out of Florida. And so uh, Christina, today we had, in the last two days, we've had strategy meetings with other lawyers, with experts, with physicians, with um, people who are in the know. And what do you think, after coming out of our meetings today, uh, let me just ask you, why are we continuing to fight? Churches can meet again. Why does it, Why should we continue to fight? Well, there are several, several reasons. Yes, the churches are able to meet again. The capacity restrictions have been lifted. The singing ban has been lifted, but there are still restrictions in place. There are mask requirements. There are social distancing requirements. Um, none of those were addressed by the lawsuits that have been settled. And now some counties have imposed on churches a requirement that they collect information about the vaccination status of their employees and volunteers. That's something that we intend to challenge. County of Santa Clara is doing that. They passed this order that specifically says all businesses, inclusive of churches, must get the vaccination status of employees and volunteers and independent contractors. So, so Calvary Chapel San Jose, theoretically, and all the other churches up there and uh, Southridge Church, supposedly they have to get the vaccination status of their uh, Sunday school teachers? And then what? Uh, the, are they gonna have to produce that information when asked? Well, right now the county ha is not saying that, but I have no doubt that this is just step one in a more developed plan that has yet to be unveiled. Um, and in addition to challenging the remaining requirements that weren't addressed by the litigation that's been settled, in my opinion, having read the preliminary injunction that that, or I'm sorry, the injunction that settles these cases, um, it really is not a win <laughs> because it really just memorializes what the law is, which is that there can't be disparate treatment of churches. And, um, you know, that is the law. Yeah. So I'm not really sure. Yes, it pushed back against the state. It caused them to rescind um, their regulations, and maybe they wouldn't have done that but for this litigation. But I think ultimately this is what would have happened. Mm -hmm. um, and we have no assurance that the state will not reimpose these restrictions um, because they've argued all along that they've treated churches equally with other entities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the Supreme Court rules and says churches must be treated equally to secular entities. And then the state finally gives in and says, okay, well, the Supreme Court ruled, so we enter into an injunction. Um, and some of our colleagues, great lawyers, uh, settled their, those cases, these other church cases here in California. Um, and, and it's fantastic that that happened. But we are continuing our litigation because what happens if we, what would happen if we quit today? Uh, some of the experts said that, you know, this, there, one of our experts said, look, we expect uh, there to be a resurgence in the fall of COVID-19 and this, mm -hmm. this is not over. 
And we've also heard talk of different strains um, that are not they're not affected by the vaccines or controlled by the vaccines. So I don't know how legitimate that is since we know this is all fear mongering, but that's something that they could rely upon to justify additional shutdowns in the future. So we haven't shed light on what the decision-making process looked like with these public health officials. There's still so much darkness and, and potential corruption that's hidden as to what was driving this. You know, potentially in the first few weeks, they didn't know what we were dealing with because it was a new virus, but it's been over a year. So what has continued to drive these decision-making processes? Is it because of the vaccine, big pharma? That is, we want to shed light on this because that is where we can use that information and um, use that in the future to help this from happening again, as opposed to just moving on and sh- shutting this the chapter and you know maybe it'll happen again when we start from scratch where there's still no transparency. It's still just vague, mm-hmm. vague um, references to public health and you know listen to us, we're the experts. <laughs> At some point, you ne- they need to tell us what is the science that you're, you you continually reference science and. Um, tell us what that is. Tell us what the dangers are and what you're basing it on, which is statistics, reports, analyses, whatever it is. We need to uncover that or the lack of that they had nothing. They had nothing. They and so had no basis. the next time they try to do this, we say, you have no basis. You already did this once. You have no basis that what you did worked. You had no basis that what you did was necessary. Um, so you can't do it again. Because this goes beyond just churches being shut down. This goes farther because all of the businesses that have been shut down, the entire shutdown, our our liberties were taken away, not just a religious liberty, but our liberty to be able to go outside often. School, kids going to school, gyms, everything. Yeah. And and so this can't be over. And and what what we heard from some of our experts today uh, was that they actually, from one of the public health experts, he said, he did his FOIA request, these Freedom of Information Act requests, right? And he said that uh, he was looking for them to provide the basis of, of what in public health they're supposed to consider alternatives mm-hmm. to the shutdown in addition to other, you know, what, what, what else could they have done besides a shutdown? Mm-hmm. What other alternatives were available? Yeah. Apparently they didn't consider any other alternatives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the PCR testing and the mm-hmm. fact that uh, the cycle threshold of the PCR testings was was flawed from the beginning here, at least in California and elsewhere, but by the cycle threshold being too high, giving so many false positives of uh, testing for people who tested for COVID-19. There's so much that, that we have learned that I have no doubt that there is a conspiracy behind the entirety mm-hmm. of this lockdown. And... Uh, here we are, we, you know, we're going to, we're going to do what we can to fight and uncover the conspiracy behind all of it. And we are fighting in Santa Clara County for a pastor who's been fined three and a half million dollars along with his church in, in Silicon Valley, where the same sense, the same people who are censoring people across the America and the world uh, that don't want this information to get out are now involved in the vaccine passports, the big tech uh, companies who have ties to pharma. Um, there's so much here that, um, to me, I just think that we can't give up at this point in time and just let this thing go. 
Yes. What do you think? I agree. I am confident that we will uncover that. Um, I do believe that through not only our work, but through God helping us and equipping us. I think that's what our calling is right now. And that's exactly why we're here right now and talking about this. I think it is because that's the purpose that God is going to use us for. Amen. It really is a spiritual battle. So that makes sense because it's forces of evil behind all of this. So there have to be the forces of good pushing back and trying to expose that and bring that all into the light. We're going to use the legal process to shed light on that and the light of God and revealing and exposing that evil darkness. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. Um, We just have to pray. Ask all of you for prayers. Uh, because we've got a big battle ahead. I mean, honestly, we are at the we're in just the beginning, practically, of the fight because we are now fighting for the documents and mm-hmm. fighting for depositions to be taken of of health officials. And the state's fighting us, right, Mariah? Oh yeah, they're fighting us tooth and nail. Every single case we try to get discovery, and they're like, "Oh no, you can't get discovery. We're going to file a motion to stay a protective order." And every single case we have. And so it is going to be a battle. We're going to have to fight it in court to get the documents. And the same thing with the depositions as well. They're they're not going to turn over the current, you know, state public health officers to us. We're going to have to fight to get their depositions as well. Because they know at the end of the day, as we've all been talking about, they don't have the data. They don't have the reports that justify their disparate treatment of churches. Yeah. Yeah. The illegal treatment may be a better word of churches. Yes. And, and even, but beyond that, they don't have the basis to even justify the shutdown of mm-hmm. society, the shutdown of gyms, sure. the shutdown of restaurants and, and shuttering businesses across this country and the state in particular. Absolutely. All right. Thanks. Thanks for being with me. Appreciate all you guys, uh, pre- you ladies, <laughs> all your hard work and uh, pray we, we get them. God bless you. Thanks.